0: just worship Him at Christmas time. My goodness, think of all the other weeks you'd miss. A lot of folks get so religious at Christmas time. They get under that spirit of Christmas. That's what makes them run over you at Walmart when they want that parking spot. That's the spirit of Christmas. I don't want nothing to do with that thing myself. Let's sing it together again. He alone is worthy. Hey friends, I'm telling you what we're fixing to look at tonight by the help of the Lord. You're getting a head start on millennium praise. Have Let's sing it together. Or he alone. Oh, yes, he is. Lord Jesus. Well, it's it's a privilege to be together tonight in the presence of God in it. Song of Solomon chapter seven, verse eleven. Let's move beyond Christmas. Let's move beyond Easter. Let's move beyond your birthday. Shopping after Christmas sales and returns and all the stuff that goes with all of that. Let us venture tonight into the dawn of the seventh morning. Come, my beloved, let us go forth into the field, let us lodge in the villages, let us get up early to the vineyards, let us see if the vine flourish, whether the tender grape appear and the pomegranates bud forth, there will I give thee my loves. The mandrakes give a smell and at our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old, which I have laid up for thee, O oh my beloved. What a transition. Up to these chapters so far, it's been him providing for her. Now she's got something laid up for him. Sounds like a mature bride to me. A bride that knows her position. How many would like to be remembered in prayer tonight before the Lord? I'm not sure if Brother Louis mentioned it or not, but Sister Benton had a terrible fall. Did you mention that tonight, Brother Louis? Sister Wilma Benton had had a really bad fall last night. Sister Cindy had sent some pictures today to Carol. Just poor things. She just looked so awful. She was in the hospital. Had eight stitches, I think it was, Carol. Um, certainly want to remember our sister tonight and our prayers that God would just, just be with them. Remember all those that are traveling, different ones traveling out for the holidays, been with their families. Let's just pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We're so thankful, Father, for eternal life. I always thank you, dear God, by the breath of God that we have been birthed into your kingdom. We know the kingdom of God is manifested now in the hearts of your children. We believe tonight, Father, that we're looking for the phase to soon change that the kingdom of God will be transferred to the kingdom of heaven. May the Spirit of God, I pray, speak to us tonight from your word. Lord, you saw the hands of your children that were uplifted, signifying a need, a desire, a request, something that was important to them, Lord. Dear God, we mention Sister Benton, Lord, you see that fall that she had last night and Lord Jesus, having to take her to the hospital and stitch her up. And Lord, we just pray for our sister. The Spirit of God would be with her, Lord. May you just help her. May there be no evil that will come of this, Lord. All of the church family, Lord, different ones are traveling different parts of the states and so on to be with their families over the holidays. Maybe you'll watch over them, Lord. Bring them back together. For those of us that are here tonight, Father, we've come for no other purpose than to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We ask tonight that you would speak to us, dear God. May your presence so elevate our souls. May we be caught up into heavenly places in Christ Jesus. For it's in the name of the word of God made manifest. Our Lord Jesus, we pray. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you and may be seated. I trust you come to have church tonight. I'm uh, as wound up as an eight day clock. I don't have Christmas shopping on my mind, Santa Claus, Saint Nick, Christmas presents, tinsel, I do have lights on my mind. It is the lights of God, not the lights on a Christmas tree. It's not Christmas cards. It's not turkey. It's not anything to do with stuffing, although I hope you are stuffed when you leave here tonight. To me, we emphasize so much on this old carnal stuff that's around us and get so caught up, but I pray that God will help us tonight that we can be able to move beyond all of this hustle and bustle and be able to move into the Word of God. I believe we're living in a great, great hour, don't you? I'm so glad to be. Identified. Let us look tonight, by the help of the Lord, back again at, at the honeymoon. We believe that we're on the brink of the greatest things that's ever happened, of course, since the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, that's fixing to set in cycle and the motion of the restoration of Eden. We know it was so many, many years ago, in the dawn of that seventh morning, when the Spirit of God had begun to brush off the earth, all the volcanoes had stopped erupting, all the ash had turned into the beautiful, green, lush, uh, evergreen garden that was upon the earth, all that God had done the earth standing upright and not tilted on its axis everything eating vegetation no harm no deaths no cycle of mortality upon the earth a wonderful wonderful paradise of God and we know that great thing is awaiting for us as the people of God again as a matter of fact I was just reading this week where the people out at gray out at our famous site where they have been digging out there now for a few years they just found a few more species this uh, past summer actually was when they found and the professors from ETSU had been able to uh, get together this species that they were the first ones that ever found actually in the Appalachian chain. They would found them in Florida they found them in uh, the desert southwest but they'd never found them here before it's kind of like a peccary which was like a javelina. Two different species a main species and a subspecies and they were showing the pictures of these and they said that Gray and Johnson City and the area around Kingsport so many many millions of years ago would have had this fine, green, lush vegetation. It would have been perfect 25 million years ago for these types of animals to be able to eat all these great big long branches. Uh, You folks that live out there in gray, you didn't even know what was around you, did you? And in my mind, I was thinking, all that your gray now looks absolutely nothing like what it would have whenever these peccary type of animals would have been there so many, many years ago. The beaver that they found out there three or four years ago, the size of a Volkswagen. And some of the different dinosaurs and the different animals that they have found there. And yet today, we would go out there and look at gray and we would look at, you know, Sulphur Springs and all that area there. It looks absolutely nothing like what it did when those animals were running from the devastation and this is why we find them gathered together in heaps as a massive burial ground because they were running from the devastation of which the judgment of God was striking upon the earth and then they wind up finding all these species and subspecies that were there they found not long ago a little embryo which was frozen in an element of amber light how exactly they're not sure because somehow the amber light was able to strike the fossil as those Fossilizing somehow, it captured an element of a ray of light in time, froze it in time, and there it was. Well, we know that the earth bears these geological records, but we know that she's reverting back and going back to the paradise stage that she was before sin ever struck her. Aren't you glad we're headed in that cycle? Now we know that one of the purposes that God uh, must absolutely have a millennium before he go into eternity is that there will be a transitionary time of a thousand years that we will leave the present age before we go into the eighth day. The eighth day, of course, is the day of new beginning. And the millennium will be the transitionary time when time is actually ending and merging and fading out from time into eternity. So it will be the seventh day before we go into the eighth day. So The purpose, or one of the purposes, as we'll look at it tonight, of the millennium reign is also the Lord Jesus in the life stage of mediatorial work, getting the earth and the peoples of the earth ready for the coming of the Father on the earth in the eighth day now listen carefully the Lord Jesus is acting up in the last phase in the millennium because it's still under the sanctifying process so it is actually the transitionary time as it moves from the last phase of time before it moves into eternity and it is him under the sanctifying process of the earth itself getting the earth ready for the coming of the Father notice this in Revelation 21 and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God now remember this is not the millennium the people living in the millennium in glorified bodies could stand this presence of God but the kings and the millions of people living on the earth in natural unregenerate bodies could not stand The presence of that pillar of fire Burning that way in Jerusalem So it is a transitionary period The millennium is Of getting the earth and the condition To where the final enemy Will be subjugated to the messianic kingdom Before it leads from the seventh day And to the eighth day Into the time of the father Notice Revelation 22 and 3 And there shall be no more curse But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. Now, I want you to notice now that people who don't have the correct understanding of the Godhead, they would read this and they would, in their mind, they would draw this fictitious imagination of what they think is going to be an old man on a throne, and then they think there will be this younger looking man on another throne. And anyway, you add it, one plus one equals two. So, if there's an old man sitting on a throne and a younger guy sitting on a throne you've got two thrones but that ain't what john saw john said there will be no more curse but the throne not thrones of the gods but the throne of God and of the Lamb. Now even those who believe that once the seal's opened up that Jesus is no longer the Lamb, you might need to read Revelation 22. He's still identified as the Lamb even in Revelation 22. Praise the Lord, saints. Now notice there'll be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. Now notice not two thrones, not two gods. So there must be throne which is shared by one divine being which divides himself as he did separating himself when time began and yet there he will be over the incarnate work of deity made flesh which was the Lord Jesus but it will only be one throne no man has ever seen God nor will he I'm sorry you didn't know I quoted a quote there. Now notice this in in verse 4, and they shall see his face, not their faces. There's only one face that will be seen because God only has one face. God ain't two-faced or three. God only has one face. And as Paul said, the glory of God seen in the face of Jesus Christ. So God don't have a face and Jesus having a face. God's face is Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. Now notice then what he says, and they shall see not their faces, but his face and his name, not their names, but his name shall be in their Forehead. so we see then that this could not happen in the millennium because the earth under its sanctifying process has still not received the baptism of fire atomic fire has been able to purge enough on the earth to make it fit for the millennium and the messianic reign under the son of David but not the embodiment of the fullness of God which will come upon the earth in Revelation 21 and 22 that can only happen after holy fire from God after Gog and Magog and whenever God judges all all the lost and they will be cast into hell then holy fire from God will cleanse the entire earth which is a type of the earth receiving the Holy Ghost you see that many people live in anotype of a millennium Christian life they have all kinds of blessings of God which will be in the millennium they have peace which will be in the millennium they have some joy which will be in the millennium and yet they've never truly received Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in their soul you can backslide from that as the millennium will backslide from under the messianic rule of the son of David at the end of the millennium Satan will be loosed out of his prison and he will go together to gather those people on the earth that do not want to serve God so see you could live a thousand years live under the messianic reign, and at the end of it decide you still don't want to go to heaven so I'm convinced if you wouldn't live right then, you ain't going to do it and later to see it. But if you want to live right, you'll live right, right in the middle of hell. Because you don't want to be lost. And that's the way you look at it. Now notice then, another purpose of Christ's reign, the thousand-year reign on the earth, is to be able to bring all rule and authority and power under the subjugation of the mediatorial ship of him before all the kingdom is reverted back over to the all in all. Now remember again as people read this who don't have an understanding of the Godhead, they get in their mind one being subjected to another being, one God subjected to another God, but it's actually the outpouring of one God submitting himself unto a lower creation and to a what will be a body that will be recognized by us humans. Now since we are human beings, there must be something that we can touch and be able to feel and recognize with. You know, God is not a man. God is not a man. But God is light and God is fire and God is omnipotence and omnipresence and God is not a human being. Praise the Lord. But God in sin It was a lower part of himself and that creation that he brought himself a body from the dust of the earth and that is the Lord Jesus. That is what sits on the throne of God. But it is that ambient presence of the eternal what is identified as the Father God. Notice in 1 Corinthians 15, 24, Paul says, Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. Now notice here we're looking at the very end of the millennium, when the transition will be completed, going from the seventh day to the eighth day, from the millennium into eternity. Now there are parallels that run from the millennium over into eternity, and yet there's some things in the millennium that will not be there, but now we reach the end of the end. So this is the end of the end. And when the end arrives, then will be fulfilled, of course, Psalms 2. Also the psalm that said, "Sit thou around right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So under the reign of the Son of David, it will be deity in the Lord Jesus, of course, and we believe he is God. But it will be under that reign that God will finally subjugate death, hell, the grave, the devil, all the lost, everything will finally be brought to that spot. Now, the Lord Jesus will never cease to reign, but he will have an element of time at the end of the mediatorial reign by which he will set upon the throne, and there will come an end to that. It will be a terminating point. There will be no one saved after that time. We do know there will be people saved in the millennium right there'll be millions of people on the earth and human bodies that are not glorified and we will teach them about the Lord and his way it will be the the kingdom of heaven that has come upon the earth every aspect of society will have the very teaching of God all the kings of the earth Jesus is not the only king but all the natural kings of the earth because he will reign over two types of kings the unregenerate kings will actually teach the kingdom of heaven to their subjects. And every aspect, politically and government wise, financially, there'll be no more, you imagine there'll be no more poverty on the earth, there'll be no more crime on the earth, no more hospitals on the earth. Every aspect of civilization, it will be the multiplied form of what it should have been in the Garden of Eden. Amen. What it should have been back there thousands of years ago. And there will be people living upon the earth in human bodies that are not glorified and the saints of God. Will be living here in glorified bodies and as we rule and reign then the kingdom of heaven coming down upon the earth will be Absolutely, what God intended for it to be in the garden of Eden? Then notice it will arrive at that state when the end will come And then when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God even the father when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power notice this in the future home the prophet said what it's going through the millennium it's going through its sanctifying process praise the Lord Deity cannot come in a person's soul while they're in that stage. Holy fire from God must burn out the snake that's in your heart. Now when you get saved and you love the Lord and you start church and you lay aside this and this and this and many people think when they get sanctified they're born again. Many of them are absolutely falling short of the glory of God. And then years down the road something goes to riding up in their heart and they're saying what in the world is the matter with me? It's that old snake that never did die in the first place. But you were changed, justification changed you, sanctification changed you. Might made you love, love the Lord and go to church and read the Bible and whatever more. That's not good enough. That snake in your heart has to die. You can come to church for years, and that old copperhead, rattlesnake, whatever you want to call it, laying right there in your heart. But eventually he'll raise up his head and you'll go to doing what he says to do again. That's right. But the earth is the same way under the second stage of sanctification which is the stage of the millennium that's why it's not a fit place for the new heavens and the new earth to come down so going through this process the Lord Jesus is still, now he's not as the Lamb of God as we know him today, but under government, under the human government, which will look like human government, it will be God as a man upon the earth, setting uh, Psalms 132, God swore by his own word unto David I will not leave you without a seed by the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne so it will not be an invisible being it will not be a supernatural being in the sense that it will be able to you know just be in heaven and nobody else can sit it will be a man the Lord Jesus will be a man in a glorified body amen But yet at the same time he will be there by government Now not by preaching the gospel But by government people will be converted Because then the social part of the government And the social part of the people will not be separated There will be no church and state separation God never intended for it to be that way in the first place God meant for church and state to be one And for him to operate both of them And that's what it will be in the millennium But while it's under the millennium, there will be people still getting saved, as we say. People that will be becoming believers in what? Preachers won't be preaching. We won't be having prayer lines. But it will be the kingdom of heaven, which has come down upon the earth in the form of government. Oh, praise be to God. In the form of government. And there will be people that will give their hearts to God under what? The dominion of the kingdom of heaven. By its government That's why it's wrong if we try to do that now We try to make people live right And do this and do that And comply to the government We'll never get them born again by doing that They've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost Because now it's the kingdom of God Then it will be the kingdom of heaven Notice he said it's going through a sanctifying process But still must be burned Now in the millennium What a glorious time as we've been looking at What a wonderful time it is But yet it's still not the perfect kingdom yet You can shout, jump, run, holler, speak in tongues and whatever you want to do. If you ain't been burned, you ain't ready yet. We don't like to be burned, but you're going to be burned now or do it later, whichever one you choose that's right notice which the blood redeemed the people it shows that this memorial is the price is paid that thousand years so it shows the price has been paid then it has to be cleansed by fire just like you were his delegates of this city the delegation so now he's running the parallel between the earth and between you now notice again in 1 Corinthians 15 26 the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death for he has put all things under his feet but when he saith all things are put under him it is manifest that he is accepted so what what, what are you talking about we're talking about the Lord Jesus under the act of mediatorial work now for thousands of years under the church ages now under the, the reign and the dominion of government upon the earth under that isn't it amazing that he wants to finalize the acceptation of the promise of God doing it by government and not just by Human people going to church and singing, and clapping their hands, and worshiping God. No, nope. it will be human government. There will be people, millions of them, that will give their lives unto the very economy of God. And there will be others that will give their lives in obedience to it until the devil raises up and he will go out and deceive them and lead them to Gog and Magog, and there they will be destroyed. You imagine they lived on the earth, some of them, for 400 years, 500, 600, 700 a thousand years maybe some of them lived to be a thousand years old maybe they gave their commitment to God at the tenth year of the millennium or the fifth or the sixth whenever it was and they lived under his government for all of those years and yet the devil's not there there's no sin there per se but yet they're not really born again they've submitted to the government of God and when the devil raises up he will go out and go to gather together they will leave the government of God they will Leave the program of God, and they will join themselves up with the devil. And when they do, fire will come down out of heaven and annihilate the whole bunch. Oh my! Well, I'm worried, I'm scared to death about that. If you're a bride, you ain't got one thing to worry about. You're going to be there in a glorified body, and ain't even going to affect you at all. Praise God! You be identified with Him, the Word, right now. You ain't got one thing to worry, friend notice for he has put all things under his feet even in the millennium there are powers and dominions and kingdoms that must be subjected under the feet of the Lord Jesus before the father can come down upon the earth I'm going to get to what the father is I know you're curious it is manifest that he is accepted so it's under this act of creation that God created what we call the son of God which was what nothing but the condescension of this great burning light this pillar of fire condensing into a form which could be understood and could be touched the prophet said the whole thing is just God becoming tangible he wasn't tangible oh my notice verse 28 and when all things shall be subdued unto him then shall the son also himself Be subject unto him that put all things under him. That God may be all in all. Christ in his divine nature is God. And will always reign. But as mediator there will be an end to that dominion. Which is at the end of the millennium. Oh, glory. Then he will no longer be identified as intercessor. He will no longer be identified as mediator. But he will enter into the phase ruling as God. Truly God. Now listen. In the millennium, the Father will not be above the throne. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He has recovered his people. He has redeemed his people by this phase. And the earth is on its way to redemption. But the last enemy which shall be destroyed will be death. So he's done it in heaven and he's done it down in hell, but he must finalize it by bringing the God kind of government upon the earth and conquer the earth not only with his blood, but with his government before the holy city comes down why? because oh, glory to God it started out in the garden of Eden was what? the government of God it did not start out as a church Adam wasn't running around preaching playing the guitar he playing on the piano and somebody else playing the drums it started out the garden of Eden was under the divine government of almighty God how will it close out before it goes into eternity under the divine government of the lamb of God the manifested God in flesh Woo. Praise be to God Then the mediatorial reign will end So he will actually Oh my, turn all of this, this part Which he's ruled now during the times of the church ages Under the kingdom of God That's where we are now The kingdom of God living in our hearts The mediator living in our lives But then the mediator will be upon the earth himself But there's got a common end to the mediatorial kingdom, which will end up in the millennium. Notice this question answers. On top of Mount Zion. Now notice this is in the eighth day. will set the Lamb, and the city will need no light. Now he didn't say the rest of the earth. But the city. The city will need no light, for the Lamb is the light thereof, and above The Lamb will be the Father, which is the Logos, God, the great light. So when you and I come up before him, there will be the glorified Lord Jesus. And above him will be this brilliant Father God. That's Father and Son. It's not an old man sending one song and a younger guy and saying, Father and Son. No, you got two men. You got it wrong. It ain't two men. It's one man. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Now unto the King, immortal, invisible, the only wise God be dominion and power forever and ever. God is not a man. God is not flesh like you and I think of God being a man. But God is spirit. And God is light. And God is fire. But Jesus is a man. He's the God man. Praise Praise be to God. I can worship a God like him. Notice now, above the Lamb will be the Father. Not an old man now hovering over a young man. Because I didn't know who God is. But above the Lamb will be the Father, which is the Logos, God, the great light, the eternal light that'll shine just above the throne. Notice, this is why there's only one throne. The Lord God and the Lamb are in one throne. That's why you don't need two separate thrones. A spirit don't need a throne. What the Spirit needed was a body, and that body was the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. God never had a permanent human body until the creation of the Son of God on the earth. And then when he raises him from the dead, the prophet tells us in future home, he said, This is my part of the earth. This is my part of the earth. And with this part, I'll redeem the rest of it. You know, imagine almighty God wanting an earthly body. We're one out of ours. He wanted one and we want rid of us. The only reason you want rid of yours is because of pain and suffering and sorrow. You wait till you get your real one, brother, sister. You won't want rid of it. Praise be to God. Just above the throne and Jesus will not be on his father's throne. He'll be on his throne. And the Father will hover over the Son, which the Father and Son will be one. And while they are yet speaking, I'll answer. Before they can think, I'm thinking for them. And Jesus will commit a perfect, perfect age to the perfect living God that he has redeemed and give over to the Father. Is that right? We'll turn to God the Father, which is spirit, not a man. Notice this in the future home, the city with the throne at the top, Revelation 21, 23, and they have no need for the light for the lamb and the Lord God is the light thereof. The Lord God is that pillar of fire that follow the children of Israel through the wilderness. Don't you understand why the prophet said if he had not condescended to that level, it would have blinded even the elected. Praise God. The Lord God is that pillar of fire that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness. He ascended upon the throne. in that perfect kingdom, finally he's come upon the throne. He could not do it in the millennium. He could not descend upon that in the millennium. Jesus is still there as a lamb during the kingdom age. Praise God! But when the mediatorial office is finished at the end, then he, amen, can turn and be able to say, My Father! What is his Father? Not a man! That great light! That great light! I know I'm blowing your minds. I understand. Well, Merry Christmas! Praise be to God. That's why I say get your minds off of packages and turkeys and stuff and all that sort of thing. Let's move, friends. Let's move into where we come from. Let's move into that very realm of eternity. Oh, I know you don't remember it, and I don't either, but we was a part of that light. Notice the kingdom that Jesus is to surrender to the Father. That God may be all in all. Jesus sits upon his throne here as our Joseph. And the king is that light on top of Mount Zion. It ain't gonna be like one of these light bulbs. It ain't going to be some, just a little light down through there. I mean, this light is going to be seen. Lord, ain't no telling how far it'll be seen. It'll be like that pillar of cloud and that pillar of fire. And that's who God is. That's the eternal. No wonder we can't comprehend Him. Without His grace, it stumbles theologians. I'm just glad I can say amen to it. <laughs> you imagine the fathers; he will hang upon him maybe coming up and down the way he did on the mountain at Finger Rock or up on Mount Nebo or Mount Horeb as he come to visit his prophets except this time it will not be the father coming to a prophet a mere mortal man it will be the father hovering over his son which is his own attribute a divine creation by the spoken word and God said this is me This is not another being. This is not another God. This is me in a condescended human form. This is me. When you look at him, you see me. When you look at the light, you see me. This is me. Listen to this. The king is that light that will be on top of Mount Zion. And his holy light will flood the entire city. We're talking about a city that's 1,500 miles square. 1,500 on that side, that side, that side, and this side, and this side, shaped like this. Perfect shape for a floodlight. Glory, glory, and the king. It won't be a little light flickering every now and then. Oh glory to God. You imagine those kings of the earth, them living thousands of miles away, and as they come over the arch of the curvature of the earth, and they go to come and say, There is. There is, oh my! And they, they think, Lord, what a privilege it must be for them folks that get to live inside there. That'll be you. That'll be me. Why? Because of the grace of God. Not any good thing that we have done. But God calling us to himself. Allowing us not to come and go in that city. But to live there forever saints, In the presence of God. Why? Because we are part of that light. Children of the evening light. Keep walking he said. And more will unfold itself. That's why life's so important to us. It's our daddy. So the millennium kingdom is a transition from where we are to where we need to be. Isn't it amazing that it's taken the earth a thousand years to get sanctified? I've met a few people, about took that long. (laughs) (laughs) now we know that God could make this on day one but he chooses he chooses to let this live out and restart the seventh morning oh glory to God when his influence has covered every sphere of humanity society Animal life, every creature on the earth, it will be completed. Yeah. Yeah. Notice this Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. Another purpose of the millennium is to complete the Abrahamic covenant. God made several, several promises to Abraham about the land and about his seed as you know actually some of them have not been completed yet Genesis thirteen, fourteen. and the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward and westward, for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. Amen. Oh, you said that land's belonged to them for, really? Well, we was just over a few months ago. I can tell you right now, all of it don't belong to them. Bethlehem is controlled by uh, folks that shouldn't even be there in the first place. Our guide couldn't even go across with us. Palestinian had to take us over, so they're not inheriting it now, but they will and how long forever now you realize part of this will merge over into the eighth day now remember as we looked at it last week, the way the land was divided, Issachar might be down here in a little cut out spot like this, and Benjamin over here you know, in a little spot cut out like this. But in the millennium, their inheritance will go from the east to the west. So if you start at the top of it, it will come down, it will be a slice land, another slice, another slice. You get almost in the middle of the land, and then the Bible says this portion is for the prince. Because in the bout of the middle of the land is where Jerusalem is. Amen. How do they get their inheritance from east to west? How does the sun raise? From east to west. How is the gospel travel? From east to west. Amen. Amen. Now watch this. So God tells Abraham again in Genesis 13, 15. All the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And how much of it did he get? Acts chapter 7 tells us, verse 4. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Charan. And from thence when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. He gave him none inheritance in it. No, not so much as to set his foot on. Oh, would you say he had a place to bury his wife? God didn't give it to him, he bought it. God never gave a man one square foot. He didn't have enough ground to set Harry his foot down on it and say, God gave me that. But he believed God anyhow. Oh, but us poor little baby the sins. God's got to baby us and pet us and baby us. And he's got to cover us over with emotions and he's got to give us gifts and he's got to do all these things that we ain't going to follow. Shame on us. I'll tell you one thing, we ought to believe the promise of God whether you feel anything or not. Listen to me church, I'm going to preach to you tonight whether I feel like it or not. I'm going to pray whether I feel like it or not. I'm going to study whether I feel like it or not. I'm going to come to church whether I feel like it or not. Why? I'm a seed of Abraham. He gave him none inheritance in it. No, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession and to his seed. I know you're talking about having questions. What if Abraham sat around and tried to figure this out? Now God, are you a liar? Because you said you was going to give me this land and I'm just about ready to die. And I don't own one thing you've given me. Now God, can you be trusted? God, can I take you at your word? And whenever they, he died and buried him and they said of the great things over at his funeral, they still couldn't say, God, give him one place to set his foot. Yes. Come on, friends, be honest. There's things about God you ain't never going to understand. I've been studying about it my whole life and the more I find out, the more I realize what an ignoramus I am anyway. I realize i got to have faith to be saved or I'll never get out of this world. Amen. If it left up to my peanut brain, I couldn't make it from the front door to the back door, spiritually speaking, and neither can you. Amen. If God don't give us understanding, we'll never get off this earth. Amen. Notice in Genesis fifteen eighteen, 18. And the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, unto thy seed have I given this land from the river. Notice, the river of Egypt unto the great river the river euphrates so from nile from the nile river to the river euphrates which is in iraq do you understand they never ever got all this boundary the closest they come was david and solomon That scripture's got to be fulfilled. God remembers His word. Can you imagine thousands and thousands of years ago that God said, your boundary is from the Nile to the Euphrates. And they never did get it. They've got less land that's their own right now than they had under the Davidic reign or the Solomonic reign or Rehoboam or many of the other kings because now they're sharing it with the so-called Palestinians. Praise the Lord, but God said, "This is yours, Abram. I make a covenant with you; it's going to be yours. They'll oh, never listen, friend. They'll never get it. The beast power will try to join them together, and they'll be a trade-off for land and this and that. Only the Messiah can spiritually place Israel. Only the Messiah can spiritually place you and I in His body." Right now, this was never completed. Notice again, Genesis seventeen seven. I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and thy seed after thee. Now, wait a minute, God, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, if somebody walks up to you and tells you, "I'm going to give you fifty dollars," and you're saying, "Okay, I could use it." And they walk off, and you think. Hm. And you see them tomorrow, and you're smiling. They're just, you're just looking at them, and they, they know what you're there for. And they just walk off. You see them Wednesday. You see them next weekend. How many weekends would it go before you'd call that person a liar? God told Abraham over and over and over again, I'm going to give it to you. And your kids. And he never got one, not one place big enough to even set his sandal on. But he still believed God. That's my daddy. That's my daddy. <laughs> Amen. Notice, verse 8. And I will give unto thee, unto thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan, for and So the Babylonians have possessed it. Britain controlled it. Praise the Lord. The Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, America. But God said He's going to give it to them for an everlasting possession, which means the ownership of the title deed will not be transferred when it comes under the dispensation of everlasting. Guess when this is going to be fulfilled? In your honeymoon. I'll tell you one thing. We ain't going to be the only happy ones on the earth in our honeymoon. We're going to make a lot of folks happy when we come back to the earth. (laughs) Notice Exodus 32, 13. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self and saidest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of will I give to your seed. They shall inherit it. For how long? Psalms 105 verse 8, he has remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham, notice the three phase, which covenant he made with Abraham, his oaths unto Isaac and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law, a covenant, an oath, a law. And to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying, unto thee will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance, when they were but a few men in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it. But that don't mean nothing. God said, it's yours, it's yours. you got to believe it's yours, when it don't look like it's yours, taste like it's yours, feel like it's yours. Verse 13, when they went from one nation to another, one kingdom to another. Notice they go from one place to another, and yet the whole time, we, say, we own this big property over here. It'd be like you living in a trailer, a mobile home, you know, a little 12 or 60 trailer on the side of the road. Throw a tomcat through the windows. You can throw a bobcat through the outside walls. Cold in the wintertime. Burn something in the summertime, and you telling people, I own mentions. I got a gigantic bank account. I just, I'm just kind of holding out on it, and just say, oh Lord, that poor guy. Bless you. That's where them homeless people are. Don't accuse me of being homeless, I ain't homeless. Well, sorry, I'm telling you one thing, look at at what you want. Oh no, you've got your eye on the wrong thing, I'm looking at the promise. I've got a land, I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter of God. You imagine, so they go from one nation to another, they're kicked about from one place to another, and they're trying to stand on the promise of the word of God, say, hey, this land is ours. It's a great land, it's a wonderful land. When are you gonna get it? Well, I don't don't know anything about that now. All I know is God said it's ours. Can I have a little more time? Now what? So the millennium will fulfill the Abrahamic covenant. The millennium will also fulfill and complete the Palestinian covenant. Now when I say Palestinian, I do not mean the people today called Palestinians. I mean the land called Palestine. There was a covenant that God made with the land and with the people of Israel. Now, I don't know if you ever noticed this or all, but whenever the children of Israel go into the land that God gave them, they never entered in on the basis of an unconditional covenant that God gave Abraham. But before they get ready to enter into the land, God gives them a conditional covenant because his foreknowledge knew that they would leave him. Had he given it to them on the unconditional covenant basis, he could have never drove them out. You understand me, the blessings of God in our lives are on conditions. That's right. Now, if you're a seed of God, you're going to be saved. God got to break your neck. You know, whatever more he's got to do, he's going to get you. But there's many things from day to day. It's based upon conditions. If you don't pray and read your Bible and you expect you're going to have revival, you're crazy. It ain't going to happen. That's right, but yet your soul destination is a different thing. It's unconditional covenant, but your day-to-day walk is a daily situation by which we have to press, sir and brothers and sisters. We certainly have to press in the hour we're living now. Notice in God as He establishes the Palestinian covenant, which was the sixth covenant, of course, made to man, and He's about to enter into it. Watch as Deuteronomy chapter thirty unfolds this to us in verse one, and it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing. And the curse. Now to get a good setting of this, read chapter 27 through up, up 30 here, it'll help you understand a little better, but to save time. What I have set before thee, thou shalt call them to mind. So God said, now look, if you obey me, this and this and this will happen. I'll bless you, my, I'll bless you coming in, I'll bless you going out, I'll make you the head and not the tail and all these things. But God said, if you don't obey me, I'll run you out, I'll drive you all over the world, uh, you'll have to borrow, you'll be this and that. Well, how in the world could that coincide with an unconditional covenant it wasn't it was the Palestinian covenant, covenant which was temporarily set up because of their disobedience God knew they would disobey God knew they would rebel so God establishes a Palestinian covenant which is secondary amen to the Abrahamic covenant which was your seed forever Notice in verse 2, and shalt return unto the Lord. Now, see, God tells them before they ever backslide, you're going to leave, but you are going to come back, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, with all thine heart, with all thy soul. That then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity. What is it? Once they get down there, they're going to realize, Lord, what have we done? How in the world could we have gotten this kind of shape? I don't understand it, God. What have we done? And God said, you'll come to yourself. You'll realize what you've done. But I made a covenant for you. It's the Palestinian covenant. Oh, praise God. Notice that he says, then, verse 3, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion. Praise Praise God for compassion will have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations, whether the Lord thy God has scattered thee. He could not have done this under the unconditional covenant of Abraham. But it's under the Palestinian conditional covenant. Praise be to God. Oh, verse 4. And if any of thine be driven out into the uttermost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee. And from thence will he fetch thee. Amen. What a promise. Yes, and the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possess. And thou shalt possess it and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart with all thy soul that thou mayest live and the Lord thy God will put all these curses oh my upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee which persecuted thee the Palestinian covenant will be totally completed and consummated in the millennium we need the millennium it confirms to Israel their title deed to the promised land who does it come by the lamb well, glory to God. Who is it that brought back the bride's title deed, helping her to recognize who she was? The Lamb in this day. Amen. We don't need a piece of paper to tell us, well, you live this far and you live over here in Hector so and so and so and so. We needed to know where we come from. Well, praise be to God. I needed to know I was more than whosoever will. <laughs> You see, the promise will be confirmed and completed under the Abrahamic covenant, under the Palestinian covenant also under the rebellion of Israel they will be returned and actually inherit the full boundaries of the land which they should have got in the first place notice Isaiah 11 1. and it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt from Petros from Cush from Elam, from Shinar from Hamath from the islands of the the sea, he shall set as an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcast of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Jeremiah 23 3 And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries whether I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase. I will shut up shepherds over them which shall feed them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed neither shall they be lacking saith the Lord. Behold the days come saith the Lord. I will raise unto David a righteous branch and the king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth when the millennium praise be to god Ezekiel 37:21 I'm have you one i so close I'm closing Ezekiel 37:21 and say unto them thus saith the Lord God Behold I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whether they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land, I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be to them all, and they shall be no more two nations, Israel and Judah, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all, neither shall they defile themselves any more with their idols. This cannot be said during the church age. This certainly cannot be said during the tribulation period. When will this be fulfilled? The millennium. The millennium. Amen. Any more with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor of their transgression, but I will save them out of all their dwelling places. That's where you need to be saved out of. Oh, we say it all the time. Most of us don't believe it. This is your greatest enemy. We say it and we nod our head. Yeah, 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 I am. And then you listen to yourself. Are you, are you an idiot? You let yourself talk to yourself out of the glory of God. You let yourself talk yourself out of the blessings of God. You let yourself talk yourself into sin. You let yourself, why do you even listen to yourself? You realize yourself as the one that's causing you. A lot of you blame it on the devil. A lot of it the devil ain't him to blame. It's us. Some of y'all that blame a lot of your stuff on the devil, he ain't bothered you in 40 years. He don't have to. You're such a bad situation yourself, you're your own demise. Well, hallelujah. hallelujah. Notice then, God said, I will, amen. I will save them out of their own dwelling places wherein they have sinned. And will cleanse them, so shall they be my people and I will be their God. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. David will be one of the vice regents of the Lord Jesus. Wake up now, saints. Don't go to sleep on me now. Don't you understand all the years that God was molding David? David. It was not so that David could become king at 30 and and, and reign for 40 years and pass around 70 or so. God was making an everlasting covenant with that man. God was not molding that little boy out on the backside of the desert and been able to come near him, and he was God's elect. God chose him not just for time. God chose him from eternity. For whatever reason, God said, I choose to come through that family. Now, can you imagine if God would have chose your family? God said, I want to be a Perry. I want to be a Reagan. I want to be a Yomson. I want to be a Bab. I want to come through the Bab family. But God said, no, I want to come through David's family. I want to give David one of the highest honors any man can have. I want to be born through that way. Not only that, I'm going to sit in my throne in the millennium under the auspices of the son of David. I'm going to be the king of the earth, and David will be my vice-regent. I am his son, and he is my father, but I'm his father, and he is my son. Glory to God. (laughs) Love, friends. David's been dead for thousands of years. As sure as there's a God in heaven, God will raise that man in the resurrection and give him a glorified body and give him a throne in the land of Israel. I don't believe it. Well, they know where you'll be. And they also know where you won't be. So you can ask me how it went. I plan on seeing this. David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall all have one shepherd. They shall all walk in my judgments. Listen, all of them, all of them that walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt, and they shall dwell therein, even they and their children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince. Also, oh, we got a David that's a king. And a David that's a prince. King David Jesus. Notice verse 26. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. Notice what is it. It's the finale, the completion of the Palestinian land grant. God says it's yours for Praise the them. But I do need to tell you a little something. In the eighth day, I'm going to have to expand this somewhat. Since the Mediterranean standing here on the coast going that way, 400 miles or whatever it is across, I'm actually going to have to get rid of it. And I really want to set the very pivotal point of the city right down in the middle of right. Y'all got a problem with that? Ephraim said, "Yay, Lord, we're with you. Judah said, yes Lord, you can have our land. What about you tonight? God said, I want to take your mouth. I want to take your eyes. I want to take your ears. Is there any Ephraim here tonight, or, or, or you know, Bethlehemites, or Judah, or what and more? Say, yes, Lord, you can have my land. You can have my land, Lord. You want a tabernacle? Here we are at Christmas time, so-called, and there's no place for you in the end. Here's a place, Lord. Here's a place. Here's a human heart. Here's a human vessel. Lord, I give myself to you. Listen. I didn't say I was done. I just asked you to stand. Let me read a couple more verses and then we'll pray. Notice this. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them, and I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Or you say, are you sure that's the seventh day, not the eighth day? Uh Uh-huh, I am. Verse 28 says, and the heathen shall know. Ain't no heathens in the eighth day. God ain't got one heathen child with the Holy Ghost. There's some heathens who think they got the Holy Ghost, but they're not his yet. If you ever really get it, you clear up all that heathen stuff. And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel. You understand, the temple being built in the millennium is their final placing. God is going to allow this temple to be rebuilt. Where? Not in Germany. Not in America. Not in Brazil. In Israel. God said, this is my proof to you. I will never make you leave this place again. I'll cleanse the wickedness from your heart. And I tell you right now, you will never again serve idols. Ah, the Lord do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. Now you imagine this temple which sits from the Mediterranean this way and this way in the middle of the land of the prince. He'll come in at this certain gate and when he does no one else can enter there. You think, where in the world is all the bride going to be? The future home is going to be so big, it'll be 1,500 miles square. Where in the world is that city going to be? Where are we going to live? I ain't doing it. (laughs) Remember, you're going to be a dual being. You can travel like a salt. <laughs> well, I'll let you think on that. Don't you love it? Don't you want to be there, children? Can you imagine every day, and this is just the seventh day of the millennium, every king on the earth will have his government and every nation under the auspices of of the kingdom of heaven, every government. There'll be no soup lines, there'll be no unemployed. We'll all work, so no place for lazy folks. But we won't get tired. I mean, you can work for 500 years if need be, and you say, well, I feel like I just got up. Praise God, I'll tell you one thing. You'll enjoy the labor of your hands, but you won't be sweating, you won't be wore out. If there isn't any mirrors there, you look at yourself at 975 years, you think, I look just like I did the first day I got here. It won't be your imagination either. You will. Praise God. Praise God. The water will come out from under the temple and go toward the east and go toward the west branch and go toward the Mediterranean and go toward the Dead Sea and the Dead Sea will be healed. The fishermen will go down according to the scripture there in Ezekiel. And they will abound with fishes everywhere. The crops will be so great. The sun, the moon itself will be as bright as the sun. And the sun will be multiplied seven times as bright as it is now. Everything eating, vegetation. Praise God. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord Jesus, may we realize tonight, Father, this is not a fictitious idea. This is your promise. Who but you can make such prophecies years and years ago? Lord, as I mentioned here a week ago, that all these books of the Bible that were written, written on different continents of the earth, written in several different major languages, Many of these men never even knew one another. And their words so coincide that not long ago I read where they'd put it through a computer and the computer come out on the other side and said the whole book was written by one person. Praise God. We're so glad we know who that one person is. It's the same one who wrote that love story on our hearts as well. Father, I pray tonight, Lord, if there's one of us here that's not ready. Lord, if we're hearing these things, we see the signs of the time all around us. We don't know how close we are. It could be a week. It could be a day. It could be 50 years. We don't know. We're not going to tell you when. We just want to be ready. But, Lord, there's no promise that we'll walk out of these doors tonight. So we want to be ready every hour, every day. So if our time comes. The rapture might not come for several years, but our time may come tonight. So, Lord, that's what's so prevalent and pressing upon each of us that we want to be sure that we are ready. O oh, Lamb of God, may you touch every heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl in the visible audience, the invisible audience, those that are streamed, those that are archived this service. Father, in the name of Jesus, a backslider, a person that's lost. Maybe somebody, the Lord, that's never even committed their life to you. God, may you move on their hearts. May you help them, Lord. May you save them from their dwelling place. May you save them from their biggest enemy, themselves. Help each of us, Lord, as Christians tonight that love you, that we can have a greater desire than we've ever had in all of our lives to live for you, Lord Jesus. We give our bodies, our minds, our thoughts, Everything we are to you, Lord. Take us. Use us, Lord Jesus. So I heard your prophet say it the other day. He didn't have gold, frankincense, or myrrh to bring you. But all that he had was himself. He said, even though it seemed like such a poor gift to offer to the king. Lord, that's the way we stand tonight. We don't have a lot of things we could give you. Lord Jesus, we offer you ourselves. I know we don't look like much. Many of us are afflicted in our bodies. We're not what we used to be. Lord, we pack scars in our spirits. All kinds of things we've been through. But Lord, if you can take us. We're not all wrapped up in bows and tinsel and ribbon. And got glitter all over us. Lord, but we're deeply scarred by sin or human scars, Lord. But we want to lay ourselves not under a Christmas tree but under Calvary and say, take us, Lord Jesus. If you can use us, Lord, we will give our land to you to build your house on. As David comes to the Jebusite by inspiration, I don't know if he knew or not. That was the exact spot that Abraham had offered the lamb. But yet he comes and he asks it. Let me buy this place. He said, oh no, no, take it, David, take it. It's my honor to give it to you. Take it, great king. He said, I will not offer the Lord anything that doesn't cost me something. It's easy for us to offer somebody else. It's easy for us to give things to you that ain't precious to us. But when we can give things that have value. When we give up things we love, and things we like doing, that's when we're becoming more like you. Take us tonight, that, Lord Jesus. Lord, it's so sad, but it's the same way again. There's no room for you, Lord, in so many churches. The majority of the denominations kicked you out when they formed their organization, when they picked their bishops and their overseers. Many of the message churches have done the same. They've kicked you out. They don't want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Many of them don't even want preachers no more. But God, I pray, we've got room for you, Lord. There's room here in Happy Valley, Lord Jesus. Not only room in Happy Valley, there's room in my heart, Lord. As a matter of fact, if there's anything in my heart that would crowd out the manger of your word, show me what it is I vow before you and these people tonight. I will get rid of it. Show me, Lord. Clean out every space, every place, Lord God, that my heart can be the manger of your word. Oh, grant it, Lord Jesus. How many feels that way with me tonight? Come and raise your hands. Praise God. Would you just invite him in? Oh, Brother Donnie, I've done got the Holy Ghost. Well, thank the Lord for that. But let him take up a little more space in your mind. A little more space in your time. Space in your week. Space in your thoughts. I believe we all can give him more room there, don't you? Oh, praise God. Let your word be formed, Lord. In the manger of our hearts tonight, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lamb of God, here we are. Your little Bethlehem. The house of of God's bread, Come, Lord. Praise God. The angel has come and pointed us in that direction of where the Christ child is born, except now he's not a baby. He's the anointed word, the Messiah. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we just worship him together now? Let's just let the Holy Ghost search our hearts now. Search down through your jobs. Search down through your walk, your everyday life. Does he need a little more room in the avenues of your everyday life? Does he need a little bit more room in your thoughts? A little more room in those things that you love doing so much and they're crowding him out of your life? Praise God. Praise God. You imagine Joseph knocking on one door and another and another. No, no room. No room. Sorry, we're filled. No vacancy. No room. Oh Lord God, may we never say that to you. The Holy Ghost comes by knocking. Well, knock tonight. I'm too busy. Well, I really, I'd rather be over here. I really want to live a little bit. I, I really don't want to give my heart to God right now. Lord Jesus, help us. I pray. Help us, Father. Search me tonight, Lord Jesus, would you? Search my motives, my objectives, my spirit, my soul, my body, everything about me, Lord. Take your great microscope of your word. Search me from one end to the other, from one side to the other, from the front to the back, as it were, from the top to the bottom. Let your scope do a great search on me. See if you find anything that displeases you, Lord. Anything that I could move around. Anything that I could move around and give more time to you. I ain't just talking about preaching, Lord. I ain't just talking about studying, more. I'm talking about personal time with you. My preaching ain't my walk with you. My studying ain't my walk with you. Help these people to see that. Them out working, making a living for their family. Oh, I'm doing what God wants me to do. And they think that's their time with you. That ain't their time with you. Their time with you is that time they take with you and them alone. Not working, not preaching, not studying. The time they give with you. Oh, Jesus, we love you tonight, Father. We worship you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hey, would you sing something for us? Can we just worship him a little bit, saints? What about it tonight? Christmas time. All we know for the most part, the world don't even have a clue what it's even all about. There'll be Christmas brawls. What will it be? Drinking wine. Drinking beer. Getting high on something. Going out, going in debt, building up credit card bills they'll be paying for the rest of the year. And then they say, have a Merry Christmas. You know, people, Merry Christmas. I ask her all the time, what is that? What does that mean exactly? I know it means something different to me than it does the people of the world. Because to me, Christmas is Christ. In us. Brother Tim generally sends me a text every year. Marry Christ in us. Well, that's more seasonable, really, than it is for the world, the way they look at it. Let us not become drunk with them. While you're spending your time with your family and all that sort of thing, remember, the reason for the season is not even you all getting together. No, that's not the reason. The reason is not you buying your wife something or buying your children something. The reason is God's greatest Christmas gift, Amen. the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. And all he asks back in return is your love. Let's worship him a little. You love him. Amen. Turn and shake hands with somebody. Let them tell them, I want to be there that day, brother, sister. I want to be there with all my heart.
1: Yes, Lord Jesus. I know that it's the least, the least that I can, do. I can do. Take my life. Take my life. A living sacrifice. Now. Holy Lonely. and acceptable Receptible. to you. i
0: We know that it was not this time of year. And in our minds, we probably can't even comprehend what happened. But it was not actually when he was born. It was not even actually when he was conceived that this great program burst into existence. But back into the eternities, when there was no atoms, no molecules, no time, it was only Elohim. He dwelt alone with his attributes, but he began to think, and those thoughts, of course, are eternal. He's never—you think about a being that's never had a new thought about anything, never had a new thought, never thought about doing something this way and said, "Oh man, I should have done it that way; it'd have been so much better." He's never thought that, so he decides today is the time of expression. So in the beginning. Was the word. But what was before the beginning? The eternal. And he dwelt alone. With his attributes. His thoughts. But the prophet said. He'll never. Do that again. So in the beginning was the word. So before the beginning was the eternal. So he started expanding. What went out of that? The logos. The thoughts of God. Then God wrote a book. And the first name he put on that book was his own human name. The prophet said your name was identified with his before the foundation of the world. And actually the blood was shed in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. And your name was identified before the blood before you even knew you was you. Or before you even knew you had a name that's why the devil can't get you I don't care what he does you don't remember neither do I but when Christ went out of the eternal you went out with him you were attributes of his thinking praise be to God what's he doing? gathering his thoughts (laughs) amen amen Gathering his thoughts. Oh, God bless you, saints. Service in the morning at 11. Let's come back again if you can stand it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Praise be to God. We're living in a great hour. Yes, sir. Wonderful time. It's a great hour to be a Christian. Let's sing it together. Think about it now. Down from his glory. All oh, people say, oh, I ain't going to sing nothing about Jesus and his birthday. The angels did. Must have been a pretty big deal. Angels went to singing a bunch of songs, so... Oh, that's part of the world. I ain't talking about what the world does. I'm talking about what angels done. The angels went to singing. They begin to sing Hosanna to the highest. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. All the songs, all the carrying on they was doing, they was worshiping. Wise men coming from the east. I mean, there was a commotion going on at the birth of the king. That's exactly right. I think we ought to make it sacred myself. During this time, don't you? Let's think about it as we sing it together. And you can be dismissed as we go. I think as we do, that thought of God going into the womb of a virgin, that eternal condescending, coming down, going inside the body, creating an egg. It did not drop down through the tubes, but created the egg, created the life. And from there, he began to form himself, the eternal which was so large the world couldn't hold him. But his first act of creation towards humanity, and he begins in the darkness of a woman's womb. Down from his glory ever oh yes Lord, this is the real reason for Christmas, Brother Terry. My God, my God and Savior came. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Ghost wasn't His name. Amen.
1: Morning.